2: Hello and welcome to the 5-Year Plan interview series, monthly interview series, and this month it's a big one for our first interview of 2024. We've got Neil Warnock, and he was as excellent as you would imagine. Uh, Joining me on that day and today, uh, it's Jack Pierce. Jack, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year to you, Jim. Happy New Year to listeners.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, really enjoyed this uh, this session with Neil, let's call it that. And it was lovely of... The Peter Crouch podcast to warm him up for us as well, which was a a, a nice a, a nice part of the day. But, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm good, mate. See, he did, he did Crouchy first, and then he popped next door to see us, which I think is sort of the perfect, the perfect one too. Speaking of a session with Neil, in fact, actually, before we even get into that, let's mention our sponsors. We're delighted as we head into the new year that we've still got our friends, Maternity Home Finance, on board for this interview series. Now, you may not know, but like a Liverpool player in the box. Mortgage rates are falling down quickly. So it might be time to start looking at moving or getting on the property ladder. Talk to Josh and the team at Eternity Home Finance who can help you with a free consultation. Simply email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Now, Speaking of a session with Neil, uh, he came on the pod today not just to tell us some fantastic stories from his time as Palace manager, as he did, but uh, to talk about this live show he's doing. I think a tour of live shows next year, uh, but the most local one for Palace fans is at AFC Wimbledon's Plough Lane, the new Plough Lane or Cherry Red Record Stadium uh, to some people. Uh, On Saturday, June the 8th, it's called Neil Warnock are you with me? And you'll notice throughout the interview why it's called, are you with me? And he'll be telling stories from down the years uh, of, of all the teams he's managed, but I think particularly focusing on palace, uh, uh, probably even QPR as well in this one. So uh, Jack will be there. Uh, for this live show but uh, i guess this episode is a little taster of what you can expect there but uh, we're definitely encouraging people to go along buy a ticket now uh, from go to a gig.com but there's a link below in the show notes right now because uh, i think if you enjoy this episode you are can enjoy the live show 10 times more
0: He's not sure of a story, is he? So uh, I, th- I think he'll feel, he'll fill the uh, he'll fill the, the evening with, with plenty of good stories um, and plenty of interesting chat about Palace. I, I've got to be honest. I thought um, you know with the number of clubs that he's managed, but even since leaving Palace, even the second spell in in twenty fourteen, I just presume like some of the stories might be a little bit diluted, really, in terms of his time at Palace. But his his memory and his his stories regarding Palace um, was was really strong. It was it was it was a really fun. Uh, hour or so with him and um yeah i think if, if you like this if you like this uh, this interview with him you'll you'll definitely enjoy an evening with with neil um next june
2: Absolutely. So, uh, Neil Warnock, are you with me at ASU Wimbledon Saturday, the 8th of June, 2024? Tickets from go to a gotoagig.com, uh, but there's a link below right now in the show notes. So click on that, buy yourself a ticket. I'd imagine it's probably going to sell out quite quickly uh, once this episode goes live. Uh, so if you fancy it and bring some mates, get a ticket now, and we will see you in June uh, representing FYP.
0: Jim, I, I've got to be honest, I was not as quick as you as to why the show was titled that. Um, until the train home that evening I kind of tweaked then So you you were much more on the ball than I was
2: <laughs> Listeners, see if you can get it quicker than Jack did Have a little listen out And I suspect you might But uh, yeah, if let you, us if know you,
0: If you don't get it quicker than I do Book an appointment with your GP That's what I'd recommend
2: Yeah, yeah, and then book a ticket to the show And then book a ticket to the show <laughs> Yeah. Well look, here we are uh, Let's go straight into it This is Neil Warnock on the FYP Podcast Some great stories We probably only asked him of the questions that we had lined up and we we could do more and we might even get the chance to at the live show potentially uh, in June but for now kicking off our interview series our monthly interview series in 2024 it's the one and only Neil Warnock on the FYP podcast Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast interview series sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation. Email info at Eternity Home Finance and quote the code FYP. Now, joining us today is a man who managed 146 games for Palace across two spells, Took us to a playoff semi-final, witnessed Freddie Sears' only goal for Palace, which didn't actually count, started Danny Butterfield up front because his wife dreamt he'd score a hat-trick, which he did, cut Darren Ambrose toenails and much, much more. And we're going to enjoy chatting to him, but we're going to enjoy it by being disciplined. Correct, lads. It's the one and only Neil Warner. Neil, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, How you. are
1: you? All right. Nice to see you. Top, top, man. How are you doing? Very good. Yeah, very good. I'm, I'm enjoying a bit of time. I've just had a holiday and... Um, one or two things. I love I like doing some things with the media and uh, I just try and make people smile really. Well, speaking of which, tell us about this live show you're doing at AFC Wimbledon.
2: Saturday the eighth of June. What can people expect from this live show?
1: Well I, I was just talking about my career really and different things and uh, London in particular. I mean I had a great time at Palace and QPR. Um you know, I was telling the of the day, when I first started in management, I didn't think I'd ever manage below Watford. I thought that was <laughs> the pitch. You're never going to manage down there. Uh, and then Simon, Simon Jordan, you know, come and have a quick look and help me out. Just see what you think, Neil. I didn't think I was going to go as manager. When I left Sheffield United, I, I was going to retire then. And uh, I ended up going down there and he, he you know, he talked me into it and, Absolutely loved everybody. He was absolutely brilliant, Simon. You will do well on the Palace podcast if you come on and call for the Pits. You'll
2: do. You'll do very very well. <laughs> no, know. I said
1: below what. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> there might be a job coming up there anytime soon.
1: Actually, <laughs> <laughs>
2: there might be. Um, can we take you back before Palace, back to first January nineteen ninety two? Because that was my first ever Palace game. Palace versus Notts County. Manager of Notts County at the time.
1: Wow, dearie me. I mean. <laughs> You've got a better memory than me. Don't forget, I'm 75. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I've always enjoyed... Palace is a special place, really. The fans, the way they get, the the noise. Can't tell you what it's like walking out as the manager and then walking down to the touch to the bench, going past everybody, you know. You're dying to look and clap, but you think keep your head down. Um, It's just as... It's always been a special place. I've been very lucky in London with QPR and Palace because they're what they call... Neil Warnock's type of clubs aren't they? You know the, the the fans are they work hard for the money. The the, the it's their day out, Palace, and it's, it means everything to them. And uh, and and QPR was the same. So I I, I really enjoy, I never thought I would like I said earlier, but I lived at Beckenham with Palace. I loved getting on a train at Beckenham and I'm Covent Garden within half an hour. I, I've never I've got that many CDs from these musicians. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got a, I've got my own collection now.
0: You're a Busker's friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, Busker's friend. Yeah, yeah.
2: So Tell us what is so special about Stella's Park. Is it is it that it's one of these old style grounds and so yeah. a bit like Loftus Road,
1: the sort of boxy and the fans are on top rather than these kind of new bowl shape. I okay. think so, and I, and I think whatever the team is, I think Palace have always got a chance at home because I think it's. A, I remember Man City coming to Palace. Uh, they brought two. Two coach loads of staff. And I remember going down the tunnel and they were all like right, this down the tunnel, they couldn't move. Because <laughs> the palace dressing room was so small. And I kept thinking, welcome there, you know. Did we, I hope we chucked a bucket of water on floor as well, but we didn't. <laughs> um, so it's it's just like you say, it's really good atmosphere. I've always liked clubs like that where the fans are close to the touchline and that have you. It just seems to bring the best out of me and, and I think the players respond as well. And uh, I enjoyed all my time down there. Jack's got a question
2: in a minute about how the move to Palace my help. Just one more: when you are close to the touchline, have you had any fans interactions with any fans
1: during games or anything? Maybe not just the, not just the Palace. But... Well, I mean, cracky, you get that all the time, don't you? Um, you know, you. I mean, over the years, it started off where I used to get a lot of stick, and then latter end of my career now, although they're giving me stick or whatever, it's quite humorous, really, and I don't mind that. Um, you know, I was telling the story about uh, when we played at Ipswich. Ipswich, Portsmouth, places like that. Always love going there. And uh, Ipswich, we were losing one nil, and and uh, I remember the crowd chanting, you know, behind the goal, Warnock, Warnock, what's the score? You know, so I go one nil, but then I went, but you know, pointed to me watch, and we equalised in 90th minute or 85th minute, something like that. So because I goes on the pitch, and I'm on I'm halfway line, I'm going. One, one, you know. <laughs> Centre half come up, nearly chinned me. He thought, you know, and, and the, I goes in the press conference and the, the tabloid, the red paper, the Daily Mirror, I said to him, are you from the Daily Mirror by any chance? He went, yes, I well, yes." Yeah. I said, oh, I, I thought you might be. He said to me, um, Neil, uh, what about your two-finger salute to the crowd? I said, hey, what are you talking about? Him? Did you not see me?
2: Well, it was two fingers. I know,
1: <laughs> but that's where their headlines. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Two-finger salute. To the crowd, whereas when I said when I went like that on the Monday morning after that by twelve o'clock I think the post I was I was back at the ground. I had thirty. I never forget thirty-three letters and emails from Ipswich fans. Everyone saying Neil, forget that. We were really pleased what you did after the game, and we loved it. Just wanted you to know we're not all like that, you know, all of them. And I replied to everyone. Nice every one of them letters I replied to it or the emails. And and that's I like that banter. I like having a yeah, listen, I'm gonna get some stick, aren't I? But I, I think, you know, overall fans have respected me as well through my career really.
0: Neil, can I ask you, one of my memories of one of your Shepherd United teams coming uh to, to Selhurst was your promotion winning season at Shepherd United. And it was the first time that season I think I thought that Palace, who I think a lot of people thought were favourites that season uh, having just been relegated and retaining Annie Johnson, and you came and played us off the park.
1: We did. Uh, we yeah, played you, well.
0: You played really well that day and you had Phil Yelka playing in midfield. Yeah. Uh, as an opposition manager coming to South did that bleed into you? And we'll come on to how you became Palace manager. No. But did that bleed into your decision as to take in the job when you did take it?
1: It was... No, not really. I can't... I must say, not really. I, I, en- I enjoyed the games there. But it was Simon Jordan, really. He was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the... You know, even during my time at Palace, you know, I remember losing four nil at Scunthorpe, something like that. Going inside <laughs> so the way, three 0 and then <laughs> going in the dressing room, and I'm saying to my assistant manager, "Listen, we've got to go now, haven't we? We can't carry on with that." You know that, you know. So in my own mind, I thought, "I've got to leave." Are you with me? Simon comes in, and, and you know, I said, "I'm sorry, Chairman, about it. Sorry." And I said, "Well, listen, it might be time." What are you talking about? He says. You're the best manager for this job. There's no way are you leaving. Now, that's what you need. That's when you talk about your chairman supporting you, who supports the manager, who motivates the manager. He was brilliant. And I never, I never looked back, really. I enjoyed that. You know, we, we almost got too, uh, into the Premier League. We
0: did. But going back to 2007, you leave Sheffield United in that summer. You publicly put on the record that you'd like a break from the game. I think you might have even used the R word. Yeah. <laughs> so how did... Simon Jordan persuade you I'm sure there's lots of stories about Simon Jordan Maybe they're best saved for the live show But in terms of that decision to join
1: Palace How did he sell the club to you? He he didn't say come and manage the team He was clever really We got to know each other When I was at Sheffield United um, I was after Morrison right? Okay, And he was the chairman And of course in the paper I'm saying something And they accused me of tapping the player up and, And everything And we had a Barney and when I went to Sellers Park in the boardroom, he'd come to speak to me, and, you know, and, and you know what he's like, Simon. But we had a great conversation, and I said to him, I said, I, didn't, I never tapped him up. The agents are ringing me. Can't wait to get away from you and all that, lot, you know. And we had a really good, bond, you know, like a, a heated relationship then. But I think we respected, after that time, we respected each other. So at the at the end, when I left Sheffield United and that, Really, I felt I got stitched up at night as well. Wow. I've been in the top flight, um, and he rang me to console me, and then, and then he just threw in at the end. Neil, will you just come down and have a look at the club because they got, got the club. The manager had gone. Well, will you have a look around at the club and tell me what you think, how we can improve things and things like that? So I said, yeah, if you want, Simon, I'll. Tell you, I'm not doing like it. a mate. Yeah. So I went. Down, thinking I was going to look all around. Well, within 24 hours, Neil, well, you could do this job. You can do that. You can do this, Private. And and that's how it was. Really,
0: the, the telephone salesman came out in him. and uh, <laughs> yeah, he He's selling the club. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Uh, but that was Peter Taylor you took over from. Yeah, wasn't yeah it?
1: that's right. Yeah, and, and
0: we'll come on to that uh, that first season you had because you had quite the impact. Yeah. What were your first thoughts about that squad when you when you joined?
1: I thought they were. I thought they were hard work. Hard work. There were some hard workers in the squad. Um, I thought they lacked a little bit of um, a bit of devilment, really. Um, and it was just a matter of getting the best out of the group, really. I think man management. I've always said when I look at all the modern managers with the clipboards and and what have you, and all the data and everything they've got, you know, um, I think the few people forget that m- all my successes and the w- reason I have been in the game so long is that I think 90 to 95% of success is man management, getting the best out of what you've got. Mm. You know, you don't go into a club and I'm going to play this way. You go into a club, look at what you've got, mm. and then decide how you're going to play. So, I mean, I was good. It was good at Palace. I love the goal, Julian Sperone. Oh. He was amazing, Julian. Man. And the, one of the... The best gentleman I've ever Absolutely met.
0: Absolutely right. Yes. Like
1: Although when we came back with Sheffield United, we scored a great header to win the game. I think it, it went, I think we got above him, and uh, I think I don't, I don't
0: remember that one. Neil.
2: <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Might one. Might have been QPR. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was Helgerson.
1: Helgerson.
0: Yeah, I could tell you about Helgerson. that one. I don't want to talk about
2: that one. <laughs> so, say that for another day. Speaking of, speaking of characters, just go back to Clinton Morrison because I know you've got had a special relationship. Still do. Yeah. All yeah. the great sketches. Yeah, yeah. for First Sky Sports. Talk to us, a, we had Clinton on the podcast many times. What a guy he is. Talk to us a bit about
1: your relationship. With him. Well, Clinton one of them. that I was always I always liked to know what my players were going to do, you know, when I was younger as a manager. And we came to Clinton and he wasn't really a grafter. Clinton drafted <laughs> when Clinton wanted to graft. Uh, but he could score goals. And so it was trying to get the best out of of what he'd got. Are you with me? Yeah. And I think what he respected me, because I, I think I gave him the respect, and I, I think I dealt with him different to everybody else. And I think the other players know that, but I, th- I don't think they minded, because they knew if I could get a result from him, we were going to win games. So it was like a mutual thing, and we always had a laugh. And I think that, that's been the biggest one of the biggest pluses for me, is trying to get my players... Um, I mean, I remember Paddy McNair at Middlesbrough when I left. He rang me and said to me, "Gaffer, can I just say I've never looked forward to getting out of bed as much to come training as I have since you took over." Right. And that's to me is the best compliment. Are you remember? You know, having that smile and a laugh and enjoying it, knowing that they're going to die to get three points. You know, well, um, the, I think.
0: That, well, just the the idea of you know being objecting to a clipboard just the idea of you being kind of taken around a stationery shop and just the disdain you'd have a look at when it comes around to the clipboards. But that man management style was was fundamental that season because you got Clinton playing, but you put players around Clinton.
1: Yeah, but I think the crowd was instrumental as well. I like to talk to the crowd and I like to get them on board and they got on board with me. Yes. And I felt like the whole place wanted me to do well. And home and away, you know, you got off the bus, eh, they were all there waiting and I, I made sure that, you know, make sure you sign two or three autographs before you get in the dressing room. Yeah. Because some of them have big headphones on and don't sign anything. I think I, I wanted my lads to make sure they were part of, with the fans. The personal touch. Yeah, personal touching. And, uh, and we did that. We got everybody back together. And you,
0: you turned the dial up. Because we'd had a few a season and a half for Peter Taylor mm-hmm. and the football just was not especially exciting. But quite quickly, you turned up the tempo in terms of the players. Yeah. That January window, we had Clint Hill on uh, yeah. a few episodes ago in this series of interviews, and, and he spoke glowingly about you, Neil. You'll be pleased to hear. And you he brought him in, but you also brought Scott Sinclair in. And yeah. Scott Sinclair, and you introduced Victor Moses to the first team. So just very quickly, if you wouldn't mind, just indulging us about that run to that playoff because it was such an exciting time
1: for us. It was, yeah. And um, even now... <sighs> I still think we should have got... Promotion. We'll get onto. We were the best... We'll get onto to Ashton Gate in a minute. I know. But... <laughs> we were the best team in the playoffs yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one of my biggest disappointments, if I'm honest, especially with Simon, the way it ended for him as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. That would have solved a lot of problems. Um, but that just shows you how how small amounts, uh, thickness of a post... Yeah. You know, can, that's football, isn't it, really? What will, whatever, what if? Um... But that season, I thought we played some cracking football. Yeah. I mean, we were on the front foot. We were entertain I mean, I've always wanted my wide players to attack, the strikers to get in, the <laughs> midfielders to join in, win tackles, win headers, get the crowd going. That's all been my philosophy. It?
0: Well, you had players that were playing at the top of their yeah. level? You know, you had Ben Watson playing incredible football, and, and Ben Watson was going to play Premier League football the following season, whether we went up or not. He was yeah. he was playing at such a good level. But I think. The game that sticks out for me, and I think for many other Palace fans, is that last day of the season, at home to Burnley. Yeah, and I know it was helped out by an early red card, but we played them off the park. We it was a different sport, wasn't yeah. it? It was oh. sensational.
1: I mean, I thought that would have been a difficult game. I remember saying on the Friday um, when we were together in the, in the staff room, and I, I remember saying, "You know, it, I'm going to have to get myself wound up tomorrow because I, I don't feel the lads are, you know, on the top." Yeah, I said, and I don't want to be a damn squib. I don't want to end up, you know, putting a pin in a balloon. Let's. I want us to be on that front thought, you know, and and um, I had to get myself going a bit more than normal then, especially the morning of the match. Uh, more or less, give myself a talking to, up here, and and I came in and I was really positive, and the lads were, and I had a laugh and a joke, and went off into my own room, and you know, um, I used to, I used to ask. My, my staff what, what they like today what you know anybody head down or anybody yeah, yeah. you know pro- now they're all or, you know and so it was a good preparation there. and like you said we played brilliant that was superb oh.
0: couldn't have gone into the playoffs any better
1: no yeah. just that's a really interesting point about sort of the psychology
2: of a manager because like you obviously you're dealing with so many people and you have an image to I guess project onto the players hmm. so you're saying there about G yourself up. If you're having days where you, as a man a person, are feeling a bit flat, did you find you had to go into the ground or the training ground and G yourself up and be a different person for the player?
1: No, not really. I didn't, and I, I didn't have anything like that because. Um, w- w- what I did is, I made sure I got away from football. Whatever, are you with me? Mm. I either got. I mean, I used to get on my bike. And, and go cycling around uh, you know Beckendom and around <laughs> that area there plaster the training ground um I, I, it was it was just and you sometimes you know when you've got to get your own mind in i mean people don't see that you know i I go in the dressing room and i'll I'll have a laugh and a joke and 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 I'll see um if I think anybody's eyes are down or if if I see there's a problem or all like that and and then so I'll I'll do that for 10 minutes before, you know, before the team sheet's going normally. But then when I go in my room, I sit down and go, <sighs> are you with me? Yeah. It's it's like, that's my work, that's my job. I, I want to get them on the peak sort of thing. So it's not straightforward. It's not, I mean, everybody thinks it's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake <laughs> being a manager. But, I mean, if you'd have told me. When Simon asked me to go down, I'll end up with 1,627 games. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have said, no chance, you know. But um, good memories. But, um, Crystal Palace, good memories. You know, the training ground. It hadn't been finished then, you know. It was a bit of a mess. I remember saying to Gary, uh, early doors to um, Gary, it was the, was the mm. youth coach, and I pulled him over. I said, Gary, we haven't got much pace in, this, in the team, have we? Have you got any kids? That can play. <laughs> okay. Any kids that got pace? He went, Well, Sean Scannell's over there and Victor Moses, they're not bad. I said, Well, are they good enough to play? Not yet, I don't think so, you not yet. So I said, Well, get them over here. So they both come over. And Gary stood there, we'll both come over. And I said, uh, lads, you've got a bit of pace between you, have you? Have you any have you played yet? No, no, no. And Victor never said You know, that's what Victor. And um I said, Well, I'm playing you Saturday. <laughs> And Gary's looking at me. I've just told him he's not ready yet. I said, Gary says you're not ready yet, lads. <laughs> but you're going to play Saturday. I want you to be yourself. Run at them. Have a go at them. Don't worry, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember who we were. And, uh, and, and that's how that developed. And Victor Moses, one of the best stories of my career, that's Victor stunning. Moses. Yeah. He was a frustrating. He, he got everything going for him. All the ability in the world. Never bothered, challenged, never tackled. Never chased. Thought he were too good for this, that and the other. Are you with me? And I remember thinking, what a waste. So I thought, right, I'm going to sort this out. We are playing Cardiff away midweek, peeing down with rain. And I went on the pitch before the game, put me arm round Victor. I said, listen, Victor, tonight's the night. You've got to decide what your career, where it's going. Are you listening? He said, yeah. I said, right. Tonight, you either show me that you can get to the top or you're going to end up playing for Bromley. And that's no disrespect to Bromley, but they were the nearest club, non-league, that I could think of. I said, oh, you're going to end up playing for Bromley. I said, you've got to show, you've got to tackle, you've got to be more desire. You've got to want to do it more. Anyhow, 95 minutes later, we come off, we win the game, and I've got water coming down. He's absolutely bucketed. I put my arm around him. And I said, well, welcome, Victor. And I've got gooses talking about it. I always do. I always get gooses. I said, welcome. That's the first game of your career. That I said, you now know what's expected of you. That's the start of your career, son. There's no reason you can't do it now because you've just done it. So you now should go to the top. That's up to you. All right? Off you go. So... Then he gets transferred and he ends up Chelsea full-back, full-back victory, yeah, (laughs) tackling. So then he goes to Nigeria, eh? then he goes to African Nations. He wins the player of the tournament at the African Nations. And I'm at home watching, and I text, I can't tell you what time of day it was, but within five minutes of the game, I text him, congratulations on your success. Can you remember Cardiff? <laughs> right! <laughs> Exclamation marks and a fuddy face. I'm telling you, within five minutes, and all what we're going off at the Cup of Nations, he texts me back. Wow! Gaffer, I'll never forget Cardiff. Thank you. Incredible talent. Though. Oh God! I That's and I could, you know, I get gooses talking about that because people don't see that.
0: Yeah.
1: And and. That gave me more pride and satisfaction than I can tell you. Oh, okay. And nobody sees old lad.
0: You, you also put on a 17-year-old Sean Scannell, and he scored the winner in that game, yeah, the the chip against Sheffield United. It did that. Is there a better feeling as a manager? you <laughs> no. You jumped a kid on and, and he scored the winner?
1: I know. Uh, and he's such a lovely lad and all, Sean. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, it's um, they had a good... Gary Isser was a good coach, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pleased that he's doing well again now. You know, it's... Um, it's just, sometimes you get feelings about players. I've been talking to another podcast over the last couple of weeks. We talked about Adel Chirab. Are you with me at QPL? And he was bombed out when I went there, but you get feelings about players, and no matter what anybody tells you, you think you can do something with it. I'm not right all the time. I've made a few mistakes, but in that case, with with Victor and Sean, I didn't think there were anything to lose. Mm-hmm. We have got nothing to lose. We know we haven't got enough pace. We have got two young kids who wanted to give me everything. Fans were got behind them because the fans love their own. They love their own kids coming through. With
0: Daniel Klein, another one. He yeah, as... Klein-y. Yeah. I
1: mean Kleine. Who fifty? I remember later, speaking to his mother. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember speaking to his, his mother. A well, lovely woman. Now I don't when we went into administration. You know, at the end. I remember Dave Moss, who was the coach then, of the youth, pulling me in. The administrator from Leeds. Can't remember his bloody name. Uh, Brendan Guilford. Correct. That's him. (laughs) So he told me. Never forgot. (laughs) Right. So he told me, Brendan.
0: Your friend Brendan.
1: Yeah. He told me that I would have to sell Kleine to pay the wages. And if I didn't sell him to Wolves, I think As it was, wolves, yeah. if, he, if, he, if I didn't sell him to Wolves for 500 grand, then couldn't pay the wage. So he, he didn't, sorry, he didn't tell me. He had Nathaniel in, in his office with Dave Moss and Brendan, and they told the kid, you'll have to go to Wolves because we can't pay the wage bill. Wow. So you've got to go to Wolves 500. So he come in my office, Kleine, and said to me, Gaffer, they've just told me I've got to go. Said Nathaniel, "You don't go anywhere." Mm. I said, "Your career, you need to get fifty hundred games playing for Palace. That'll get you career." They're telling what they're telling you. They want you to go because they can't sort it out. That that's not that shouldn't be anything to do with you. Mm. And I remember um, telling his mother the same. His mother was a lovely woman, and. He said, well, but I said, I'm telling you now, don't worry about what they're saying to you. I'm telling you now, you haven't got to go anywhere. You concentrate on it, Crystal Palace. Just tell them you've decided you don't want to leave, if that's the case, because that's not going to be good for you. Well, and, and it was the best thing that he could have done it's a lot to ask a young person given the responsibility oh, the of the fact more that said. no one else can get there
0: what, exactly. what, what, to, that, to
2: live in Wolverhampton
0: yeah. <laughs> <saying>. they don't <laughs> get really paid really It's unfair. absolutely diabolical well, he, he ended up going for five times the amount of that just a year later he did
2: I ask a quick question yeah. about um, y- youth team players. Or the youth, you flooded a lot of young players into the into the team, and a lot of Palace fans. So, in the last ten years, have been in the Premier League. A lot of Palace fans would like to see more young players given opportunities, but surely it's harder in the Premier League to give young players opportunities. Is that is that a naive?
1: No, approach? it's the truth. Yeah, no. it's the truth. I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, you've been lucky, really. You've had more than most clubs coming through. You know, you look at some of the young lads that have come through. You've you've made good sales, haven't you? Really, and I'm sure you're going to do again. Unfortunately,
0: uh, yeah, well, come on now. <laughs>
1: In the next couple of years, um, so it's it's you know it's it. I think you've done better than most clubs uh, regarding bringing them through and and selling them on. But you know that it happens at, at clubs like Palace because they aren't the Manchester City and Uniteds of this world. I remember when I came back the second time to Palace. I remember um, I signed Zahar. Mm-hmm. You yeah, did? I signed Zahar yeah. and nobody won, nobody bothered, you know, and I said to him, I remember having him in the office uh, at Steve Parrish's and saying, listen, this is your place. Come back and enjoy yourself and relax and, you know, all the fans love you, be yourself. I said, that, you know, what did Ferguson's, how did he coach, how did he say things, he said to me, I've never spoke to him since I've been there. Yeah, well, it, it, He'd never spoke wow. to the manager. Wilf
0: had, well, he had the unbelievable misfortune of being signed by Alex Ferguson, but never playing for him. Never yeah. played for him. That transition him. of Moyes into him. And it, it, I know. A really unfortunate move for Wilf. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're very grateful you did what you did, Neil, I know, I <laughs> know. Uh,
1: so, really, I made a few quid for Palace, didn't I, well, over the years, we'll, really?
0: We will come on to it, but that, that window, because that you, you were with us for seven days, I think, of that transfer window, because Tony Pulis left in the dead of night, and, and you came in and, and, and steered the ship for, for half that season. We've just interviewed James MacArthur. You also brought James McArthur in, in that seven-day window. So, quite the seven-day window I'm for Palace.
1: I've got to say, James MacArthur, bloody hell, Steve Parrish at the time, right? Steve didn't want to sign him on the wages, and he kept chipping him down and chipping, and they kept driving round beckoning (laughs) him. They kept (laughs) driving. Oh god, Uh, I. And I says to him, "You've got to, you've got to trust me. We need another. You know, I I mean, we battled over peanuts, and I, I think we ended up asking the player to take a little drop in the end to come, so that I've got some leeway to go back to Steve, and and he ended up signing." And I often think, how many years has MacArthur oh. been a fantastic well, eight, player? Eight
0: years of incredible eight, service. You
1: know, Zaha coming by, you know, playing the, play, uh, play, we, the young lads.
0: We won't talk about Kevin Dole, though. Uh,
1: <laughs> no. They uh, could have got on their bike around Beckham. They could well, have, have done. They? Well, you could have lent yeah. the bike. To be fair, out. I've never been any good at strikers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, When you look at my career, I've had some right. Oh, my goodness. I've had good goalies and good centre-halves and not bad midfield, but I've never done well with strikers.
2: Shall we we use that as a link to come on to a certain striker by the name of Frederick Sears?
0: Oh, yes. I think you know where we're
2: going with this. We've actually had a question from a listener, from Mr. R. Shoebridge of Derby, (laughs) who says,
1: Are you still angry at me? Am I forgiven <laughs> for not giving? He's the card?
0: referee, he wasn't eh? he? Was
1: the referee yeah, that time. I know, and I, I never forget the name. No, clearly not. <laughs> no, I never forget the name. Um, what do you remember? I about? mean, I just couldn't. I just couldn't believe how three of them couldn't see it. Hit me. me, and but I remember walking across to Gary Johnson, and we're not on Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember going to him and saying, "Surely you've got to, you've got to pull your lads back. You know it's a goal." So, I, well, you know, and I said, "Well, I'll tell you now." It'll all backfire on you. It, in the end, you'll get a bullet here, and it serves you right, and all that. Like it did.
0: And then you sent a card
1: because
0: <laughs> uh, we obviously had the history with Ashton Gate as well. Because the playoff semi was oh. what twelve months after, or twelve months before yeah. that goal. Yeah. So it, the fact it was Bristol City just hurt even
2: more. Something about Bristol City
0: at that it? time. There was. Uh, at, they were they were kind of that era as Watford. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were that era as Watford. Now we have this weird rivalry with Watford. But um, what do you remember? Because Freddie Sears. It was an exciting loan signing. He the previous season he scored goals for West Ham in the Premier League. was a bit of a coup to get him. Yeah. Do you think that moment, if it had counted as it should have done,
1: would have been the turning point for sliding doors? Yeah,
0: a bit of a sliding doors moment for Freddie Sears. Did you have high hopes for him?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I felt sorry for. I mean, what a lovely lad as well. I mean, normally you have got something wrong. You know, there's something you can, but you can't couldn't criticise Freddie. Manager's dreamy, trained hard, played hard, always wanted in training everything, hundred mile an hour. Um, and he took his goal well. It's a lovely finish. And mm. I, I still can't see it now. I, I, you know, three, The three people, I mean, everybody knew it was a goal. All the fans knew it was a goal. I still don't understand how it happened. <laughs> so, no, I don't forgive Shoebridge. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> could can hear you that. On Bristol City, because we had the Battle of
2: Ashton Gate in the semi-final. Uh, there was that game with the goal. Feels like there was a few others in the league as well. Were they as, as a fan, it felt like a nasty place to go. Mm. Were they as nasty sort of on the pitch to play against?
1: Not really, I've always enjoyed Bristol City. You know, I mean, I'm managing at Cardiff where it's a local derby. I've always loved it, are you with me? My first game at Cardiff was on television against Bristol City. <laughs> and and uh, my new signing, Sol Bamba, scored the winner that night. So I've always had, you know, I've had good relationships. I mean, I'll have a go at the fans, they'll have a go at me, are you with me? And I'll, I'll you know, show my bottom and things like that to them. <laughs> um, but it's always been in respectful. I think we've got a mutual. You know, I've always wished I could have managed at Bristol City. It's one of them clubs. Still time, Neil. You know, and I have spoke to Steve, the owner, a few times. I know it's his son now. Um, because it's my kind of club again. The fans are really hostile and good and get behind. Jack will come in a minute to another very famous moment. But You've definitely,
2: I think, of all the managers that have managed in the last 20 years, or so, managed to build up that respect, I think, from fans of almost every club. Is that an intentional thing that's just kind of who you are? Because I think most fans, we've managed a a fair few of them, but I think most fans for most clubs sort of respect who you are and what you do.
1: I think what's changed in the last 10 or 15 years, there's so many fans that say to me, which is a compliment, I didn't like you, Warner, before you come here, (laughs) but I'm glad you're here. And I think that's about as big a compliment as you can get in it when they've been. I don't like you, Warnock, but you know. Um, and you I one think, Al, you're one of ours now, Neil. Yeah, I, you know, so i got a few, a few uh, London accents saying that. <laughs> um, and I think that's, that, that's a compliment, really, because I think. I tell you what, there's not many clubs that I've been to that I am left in a better situation than when I went in. And I think that's all you can do as a player. I think I hope Palace out. You know, even when I went back second time, um, I did feel as if I was stitched up at the end. I know Steve, he, he did it for the, you know, he looked to look after the club. I was disappointed then. Because, we, you know, we were, we were not in trouble. And uh, and like I say, I thought we could go on in second half of the season. I thought I deserved better than that. But listen, all managers, nobody likes getting the bullet, do they? But I thought after coming back and helping him out, I deserved a little bit longer than that. But, hey, that's life.
0: Can we just dial back to what was perhaps one of my favourite nights under the Sailhurst Lights Danny Butterfield's hat trick against Wolves in the Cup replay (laughs) we had Danny on uh, he did a live show with us two years years ago ago. oh yeah great night yeah he told some stories that unfortunately due to legal reasons we can't repeat on this (laughs) podcast with you Um, but great night but he talked about
1: that hat
0: trick and Obviously, stands out for him in his career. He, he was a right back. I don't know how many goals he scored in total in his career, but I think a high proportion of that told, night.
1: When I told him where I was playing him, I think he were gobsmacked. Is
0: the dream I, story true?
1: It is, uh, yeah. Go
0: on, give us, give us the, the details of that that morning into that night.
1: Yeah, should uh, would My just... she just come up with it. I've just... I've, I've dreamt. I dreamt Danny Butterfield scored a hat-trick. I <laughs> said, so what, did you have a bloody nightmare, Dal? I know what, you know... Uh, and she said, I, I, honestly, I woke up thinking, so anyhow, we, a long story short, so we, we go going, and we having. We had a few problems that night, if you look at the injuries, we had a few injuries that night, but in training, you know like, goalkeepers always think they're centre forwards, <laughs> full backs always think they're attackers, you know you've got that, Danny always liked to push on and play and go and, because he got our movement and everything. You know, it never worried me about playing him further forward, and we were struggling. And I thought, I can't remember. What was it against Wolves? Was it Wolves? Isn't it a full And I thought, I thought line. they were. I think they were a bit regimental at the back. And I and I remember saying to uh, my assistant, um, "I'm going to play Danny Butcherfield up <laughs> <at> front." <laughs> I didn't tell my assistant because Sharon. <laughs> Sharon's dreamt he's going to get hat I thought, I can't tell him that or she'll think I've gone daft, can't it? So as I, I pulled Danny across and I said, listen, Danny, I'm playing you up front. Just run about, enjoy it, be yourself, like you are in training. Every day when he played up front, he was always buzzing in training. And I said, just enjoy yourself. Running off Alan Lee. And there weren't bad goals, you know. Oh, they were. Well, technically,
0: the perfect hat trick.
1: I mean, there were good goals hat-trick. and... Yeah. Uh, i never forget the third one. he come across and give me a massive kiss. And then I went the third one. None of us could believe it. when We all jumped up and hugged each other. And... Well, I remember Sean Derry just laughing. Yeah, just, just laughing. Because I think I told him. I think I told him what had happened. No, oh, Danny had told him. I think I said, I don't know. I think I told Danny... My missus had dreamt you've got at trick, but I think he thought I oh, would just take in the mickey. Are you <laughs> in
0: I can't remember which game you was it Scunthorpe away. So we then played Scunthorpe away and you away. did it again. Yeah, it was not as good, hooked ho- a ho- half time. Yeah, it was, was not as good. <laughs> it was not as good. But can we just quickly touch on that cup run because it was a difficult time for the club. You know, we we'd um we kind of bypassed the whole Newcastle plane situation, uh, the the Nathaniel Klein reference you made, but we did have to sell it to Moses in that window. But that cup run kept us going in, yeah. in many ways so. Great night for many cult reasons in terms of that hat trick and Danny mm. Butterfield, but the money that we got from that, Generated, yeah. yeah, and then we had Villa at yeah. home uh, a few weeks later on Valentine's Day. I seem to remember. Oh.
1: Uh, Good yeah. crowds weren't they? Great crowds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was there more pressure in that cup run because of the financial, I guess, complexity of the situation?
1: Not really. I mean, I think I think Simon knew that. You know, I was I was just doing everything I could to generate whatever we could really. Um, it was just nice. It was just, I mean, it's just special at night. I love the floodlights mm-hmm. at Sellers Park. And it is a special place when you get in, when they, that place is buzzing. And, you know, the lot behind the goal. What they, I don't even know what, what they call that stand behind the goal. Come and, <laughs> the home
0: yeah. stand, yeah. yeah, uh,
1: You know, I just used to think, well, look at them. Listen. And they were chucking it, peeing it down with rain. And they stood there getting wet through, singing away. Um, you know, it's great, great for a manager to have, to have that support. And he, even when we had difficult times, they never really got on my back. I, I was, I was quite pleased with. it. can I just go back to the Butterfield? I've just been thinking. <laughs> when you got home that night,
0: he loves Danny Butterfield.
2: I so love much. Danny Butterfield so much. I text him regularly. He doesn't often reply. <laughs> um, when you got home that night, was Sharon like?
1: No, I told no. you, <laughs> and she probably didn't even know the result. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, um, she's getting director of football queries for other clubs I on the know, continent. I know, I know. <laughs> we just said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell anybody. I'd say it's all my idea. No, I'm not, don't don't <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, them I about you. It. I think it were a few years before I told anybody <laughs> <laughs> after that.
0: Well, that, Danny's now going on the circuit, telling everyone the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what about um, that that spell in general? Was that one of the more difficult times in your managerial
1: career, with the club facing yeah. the difficulties yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Newcastle thing, crikey, we were on the plane when I was told. <laughs> Started the flight in 7th, finished yeah. it in 21st. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we got there, we get on the bus, and the driver, you know, obviously he'd heard it. We're all sat on the bus, and the driver could, can I have a word, Gaffer? Uh, boss, can you, boss, can I have a word, boss? Of course you can. So I go down the front of the bus. He says, I, I, I can't take you to the ground. So what do you mean? He says, yeah, well, you, nobody's going to pay you. Unless you, can, unless you can pay, I can't take you to the ground. I'm thinking, we've got a bloody game to play. Top of the table. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, and we can't go in a bus. How can we go in taxes? So, and yeah goes back. I'm carrying can I got with, who were my assistant then I've got that oh, you yeah, Mick just yeah yeah so I, I, I said to I said to Mick um when we were talking I said hey listen Mick we have got a bit of a problem here I said he, he said you know we've gone under I said and we're going to be dug to duck to point I said but he will not he won't take bus so um Mick said look well, have you got your card on you that's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm about so I went back to the bus today, listen, I've got my card on. Can you take it? So I said, well, well I'll have to ring office. So he had to ring office, get my card, take the money and make sure it come out before he'd Start drive. The
0: well, there's there's a Geordie bus driver telling a very good story in many Newcastle pubs <laughs> yeah. that he once had to take a car
2: payment from Neil Wardock to yeah, get I a know. there. I know. <laughs> difficult, so, difficult time, isn't it? Because no one knows when they're getting paid, a lot of uncertainty, fans aren't sure what's happening. It must be harder then.
1: During the week and on the weekend to try and get the players to focus. Mm. Absolutely, million. yeah. And I felt sorry. I felt sorry for Simon. I think, I think he's always felt a little bit. He never says too much, but I think he felt a little bit stitched up how it how it all ended as well. Um, but not we're not going to that on this. Um, so it was it was difficult for him because I knew him as a chairman and an owner, but as a friend as well. Are you with me? And. Uh, and and so it, you know all I could do then was try and do my best. It was funny because Brendan, the administrator, your friend Brendan, yeah, g- gave me a letter saying I could go, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that'll do me if that's the case. So, because I told Simon, when you walk, he said so. He he went back in and saw Brendan and said, "Are you joking? And well, what we can? You know, Pete clubs would buy him." you know put into the administration if we you're talking about shorter money and you've told him that you know can can I cancel his contract so and with I knew I'd got another letter from Brendan saying uh, we've we, you know we've had a rethink and we'd like you to continue blah 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 and they got 500 grand from QPR from me but hey, Brendan would just give me away, you know. Can we um can we talk about
0: the QPR move because it was a difficult difficult time. We had Clint Hill on as we talked about, and he, he talked about. It. He's very open about the end of that season and going into the game at Hillsborough, which will also come on too, because we'd like to get your thoughts as a Shepherd United fan more than anything about that day. In terms of him ending that match, he he knew that was his last game for Palace. He had to look after himself was out of contract with the QPR move, and. It, that's to be reminded, the QPR were also in that part of the, the league at the, at the time. Yeah, was struggling, How did that move come about and how difficult was it to make that decision, given the, the spell you'd had at the club and your connection with, with Simon Jordan, but also the, the playing squad, who was very much your playing squad?
1: Um, I just think that it, unless you've actually been in that situation, I don't think you can understand, really. Mm. I mean, i would got the letters, anyhow, from Brendan. More or less, telling me he didn't want me anyhow. So I knew I hadn't got a future. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I thought, all right, I've got another letter a week later saying I'm going to be kept on and all that lot. Which obviously he realized he'd made a mistake. So I always knew, you know, I'm on my way out. Yeah. Whoever it is, um you know, they're trying to get me out first off. So I, I, sp- I spoke to Gianni Palladini. Yeah. And um, and he talked to me about about the job. And I said, "Well, if you can agree with Palace, I'll come, Jake. You know, and that's how it come. He, it didn't take long for we, we Brendan. Brendan would have took two and six. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have took two and six old money him for me. And in the end, he got five hundred grand, I think, from him. Um, did you bring QPR back to Celeste us that season? Did we play QPR? Yes, I think we did. I think in the Q- penultimate." Towards we did because we beat you. When Neil that was that was good. Uh, Neil Dance got sent
0: No, that was West Brom. West Brom.
1: I think that was uh, what's his name um, up front, Elgerson. Hell, was that the two well. the winner? I think he got above because well, I think last I, I
0: recall that we played you towards the end of that season, then very early on the following season. Yeah, and Edgar Davids could set you no, up. No, it was it was winner. at the end of the game?
1: season that one one of them because. We still weren't safe, yeah. so you needed the points as well. Yeah, we needed points.
0: How weird a day was that coming back to Selva so soon strange, after? Strange, strange, yeah.
1: really strange, bloody hell! Um, but I made sure the lads knew how important it was. eh, wouldn't they? And I got a great reception from the palace. Yeah, yeah, got a great reception. So um, it was, it, it was a, uh, you know, it was a. It's always emotional like that when you go back to a place. I mean, I've had, at my career, I've had a few of them. <laughs> I've had a few going back and. Uh, And what have you? Uh, But it was, it was, um, it it wasn't the easiest, Mm. really, because you didn't want to inflict anything else, but you wanted to win for your own, you know, for your own team's good. Sorry, Paul. No, sorry, sorry. And uh, but we played ever so well. Yeah, yeah. We deserved, we deserved to win that. God, I can can say say, that that the Hillsborough game when Palace went to Hillsborough, it was your squad. Mm. uh,
2: did you have one eye on on the result as it was unfolding? Given it was against Wednesday as well, and it would have been Wednesday going down if Palace stayed up.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I did. Yeah, you know, because there's no way you want your ex. Well, I don't think you do anyhow, uh, to go down. And uh, so he was always looking at the result. I mean, you do, don't you? Everywhere you go, really. Has been
0: Must take you a while On a Saturday evening Actually Neil To look through The, well, my, <laughs> the
1: former clubs list My first I look at Truro Because I know the manager <laughs> and Then, then Gainsborough Trinity Then Scarborough Athletic now yes. so I look at all them First Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Club. Before I get into League ones <laughs>
0: That last day of the season, stay up, and and uh, it? Uh, Jim and I were talking a few days ago. We suspect you might have raised two glasses that night because yeah. not only did the Palace stay up, but we did send the Owls down, which
1: know, um, you in did. your house was a good result. Very good, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, I've I've spoken to them recently about taking the job on, but that uh, they didn't materialise. <laughs> that would have been uh, it. Never bothered me. Wednesday, I've always thought you know a good rapport with their fans. I know a lot of their fans would have wanted me as well. Are you with me? But it's uh, it's. Um, that day I didn't want Palace to go down. No. I didn't want Palace to go down. So it, it couldn't have worked out better.
0: Jim Jim's spoken to most of that squad now, haven't you?
1: We've had a lot of that squad
0: on the
2: podcast. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if that,
0: you ha- if you have Alison <laughs> and Dye's phone number, we'll take it off you tonight actually. He's the only
2: one I think that <laughs> well, we've yeah. uh, uh, not spoken to. Yeah. <laughs> but they were a real squad of characters. I mean you talked about characters earlier, but that that helps a lot. Yeah. Were. Mm. There were some
1: special special guys there, weren't, weren't there? there. I just, leaders. I think I think everywhere Really, I think I, I think I said earlier uh, that I've had eight promotions and but do you know none of them teams were ever the best teams in the league but they were all special. What I like about my teams is when they have reunions it's as if they've never been away from each other. And I can sit at the back of a room and watch all the different parts of that team get together and it's just like going back in time the pride I get from looking at that group, because I know they will take that forever in their life. Are you with me? And that's what I love. I love the fans, the eight promotions, you know, the, where the fans will never forget those times as well. And It's good. I think I love to try and put smiles on people's faces and, and what have and I've done that really all my career. And yes, I've had downs as well, but, you know, I like to think that I've had a lot more ups than downs.
2: And, and Darren Ambrose that season always had the best manicured feet in the, uh, in the
1: championship. <laughs> yeah, Darren. I heard him on Talk Sport a while ago talking about Because I always pick a favourite. We've heard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wherever I am. And Darren was my favourite, you know. So if it was raining, I'd, I'd have a brolly and I'd say, come under here, Darren, come under here, son. I don't want you to get wet. This lot can get wet. I'm not bothered about Do you want some chewing gum, Darren? You know. He's a fiver, Darren. And he, was, he couldn't believe it because he's a quiet lad, Darren. He was. But Because I think, I know it sounds silly, I think he got the best out of him. Did you sign him? Because he was my favourite. Did,
0: did you oh, sign I him? Can't remember, I remember,
1: I, I? think you did. Start that season.
0: Start, was that his first yeah, season yeah. with us?
1: I think that was from where? From, Charl- oh, from the, Charlton. The, from Charlton. A free the, transfer. Yeah, yeah.
0: How good was he that season? Oh. Did he exceed your expectations? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it was just a manager's dream. And it does anything you say. Worked hard. For a forward player, he he, he didn't shirk a tackle. Yeah. And he just a lovely lad as well which helps, so it was, It just fitted in really good with the lads we got, you know, and you look at some of them characters in that team, you will not want to, you know, I think that one of the, like I said, the biggest compliment for me over the, my career is, when, when I always said to teams the pre-season, you know, have a look at that league table, and you ask all them managers in that league table, who you don't want to play against. I bet you I'm top of the league. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what my teams are, are you with me? You don't want to play against us. And, and um, you know, that's what I've always sort of prided myself in. Really.
2: I think Darren told us or someone that when he went to training versus palace, he was like, they're wearing shin
1: pads. pads. training." Oh, my God, who are these people? Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't every, it was always the first two sessions, whether pre-season or when I took over. And within half an hour, I bet you're 90% I've made a judgment on players. I'm not always right. Obviously, you give them longer. But 90%, you know, anybody pulled their head away from a header or pulled out of a tackle or things like that, I'd just mark my card and what have you. Um, But Darren were right. There were some tackles flying in that day. And 4-0 Darren just come to the club he must have wondered what were out there.
2: But I can't imagine there are many players in that squad that would be pulling out of tackles Not or pulling out ahead I think those leaders across the pitch. Yeah. Everyone, that, that starting eleven at
0: Hillsborough in particular, mm.
2: if you think of what was You're on the line that day, one, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and it was the way that game fell, Hillsborough, which I think was the biggest stadium in the league mm. in terms of capacity, you have to go there to secure a point against them mm. to, to prevent them going, It's just everything is written, it's, it's like it's a Hollywood nice. script, it's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Um you, I mean, obviously, you then took Clint Hill and, and Sean on with, with QPR, and, yeah. and and they've both Congrats. spoken to promotion uh, the following season?
1: The following season. Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Congratulations for that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> They couldn't believe it when I told them I was going to make Adele Chirab captain, <laughs> Sean Derry and Clint Hill. <laughs> I'd say, trust me, lads, you'll get you into Premier League, and then you'll get new contracts. Well, that's how that, football works, I guess. <laughs> and that's he sure. did. Uh, he Sean's did. doing great. Isn't hey, it? but I've got to say, the QPR fans thought I were an absolute idiot of a manager. I Remember on the forums, Sean Derrick, Clint Hill. What's he doing a retirement home or what? Are we playing in a retirement home? Well,
0: can, can we ask maybe one that you tried for and maybe didn't get? And you mentioned him earlier on in the episode. But did you try for Julian Speroni as well that summer?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: what, yeah. do you think it was his loyalty to Palace that yeah. prevented yeah. You
1: that? It's just such a gentleman, wasn't it? Yeah, Julian. I mean. He was short of an inch or 2 and wasn't he, height-wise? But, oh, my yeah. Dressing room as well. He's just an amazing person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and if, if I saw him today, it'd be exactly the same. We'd yeah. just have a huddle and, you know, and uh, one of the best men, one of the best, people I've ever met. Really? Julian, yeah. I think he is, he's missed the Crystal Palace, I think, really. I keep meaning to think, I think he's got a restaurant on here somewhere. Uh, or he some, used to. Did he like, used to have it? In Perley, oh, right. I think I kept meaning to go and have a look. But
0: I'm sure he's the type of guy that if you called him, he'd probably, probably cook you something something, bring me in the day, day, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah,
1: He would. <laughs>
2: <laughs> should, we, should we come forward to 2014 then? Yes. Returning to the club, Palace being been in the Premier League
1: for two or three, one, one, one season. season at that point. Yeah. How did that, how did that come about? Well, I think you were really struggling. Um, Pulis had gone in the night before
0: the season started.
1: And, I mean, there couldn't be a worse time, really, to leave. You know, he'd done all pre-season and everything, and then that happened. And I think, I think, I can't remember, I think I mean, I think I rang Steve up (laughs) and and just said to him, you know, you need somebody to steady the ship. I think, I can't remember, there was somebody else on the shortlist,
0: so I, I interviewed Tony Bopovich in Australia a couple of years ago and the club had actually even reached out to him. He was, I think, in charge of a Japanese club had just won the Asian Champions League. Mm. And he was having conversations, but it wasn't the right time for him because he didn't want to leave
1: yeah. the club that he was at. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think they could lose. I, just, I said to because I love the club. Yeah. And I said to Steve, I'll come and get the fans on our side again. And give you six. You know, I did say give you a time to find your own manager yeah. for the future. Are you with me? Who would you just left? Did you just been with the club? I Can't I remember. No, I know, I know. I've been somewhere. Meets. Meets? Probably. I don't. That's up to you to your Yeah, work. Yeah, you should just check. Up to you to do your it, own <laughs> work. Gainsborough
0: Trinity was it? Just uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> probably Leeds. Yeah. But uh, you offered your services and it was taken. Up. Yeah, to, to Steve, And I, I said to him, you know, you can't lose on it, Steve. I, I, I said, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll get the fans on side. It'll give you time to, you know, to 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 work things out. And it did. Yeah, really. I mean, I was like I said, disappointed when when it happened at that time. Um But, there, there but that's what that's what chairman look after their own money, oh, don't they? they
0: do. so. And he has prove time after time, he makes the decision at the time oh, that he thinks is uh, he right. With other decisions, he decision. ends up
1: backing himself. He up.
2: backs
0: himself yeah. with those. I mean, the the I think going back to that August when you got appointed, there were murmurs of Alan Pardew at that point, and then Pardew was the appointment after you were yeah. dismissed around Christmas time. Yeah. So maybe that the his situation, at Newcastle changed, I
1: don't know. I don't think we'll go into that because I, <laughs> I mean, it happens in football. It's happened to me at Middlesbrough when somebody came in and oh, I knew about two months before. Are you with? Yeah. And uh, same just happened at Sheffield United. Same person. So <laughs> these to... <laughs> things, these things happen, do not they? Is it quite a lonely position to be in as a manager when
2: that kind of thing's happening? Or maybe, yeah, it's, you know, it's disappointing. You, yeah. Got your, you got your, you got your assistants maybe
1: that follow you around, but you're kind
2: of on your own, aren't
1: you? Yeah, you are. And it is, it is. Listen, can't say that I'm innocent in looking at when i have been coming for jobs and things because you do talk, your agents talk, you talk. They, you know, they might ring you up and things like that. I just think there's a way of going about it, really, and it's horrible when you, when you know somebody's talking to them six, seven weeks before it happens. It's hard to work in them circumstances, are you with me? Mm -hmm. Um, But it happens, and that's not going to change.
0: The last game, Southampton at home, I think on Boxing Day or just just after Christmas. Difficult game. How quickly after that game were you having conversations with the manager? Can't remember Uh, with with the chairman.
1: I can't remember if I'm honest no. uh, all I know is I couldn't believe the timing because it was QPR and I thought we'd win that game yeah yeah,
0: difficult spell difficult spell but two great, great results to stand
1: results
0: out there, yeah. a 3-2 win away at Goodison against a very good Everton team who I think the season before had, had been very close to Champions League football um, Yannick Bellassi Fraser Campbell scoring a Magic header, and then Melee Jedliczak.
1: How was the first game? That was that the second game of the season.
0: No? It was. It was very early on. Uh,
1: and we not got beaten by Bolton Wonder somewhere.
0: I can't. Re- I, I, I remember it was just after track. I think it was the first time I seen James McArthur. No, we drawn at home to Burnley, nil nil. 0-0,
1: that's was.
2: And right.
0: Newcastle game. Oh, Will, Newcastle was your Will first game.
2: Equalised in the last minute.
0: Yes, and you three, did a lovely. Three. You did a lovely jig on the touchline when that one went in. <laughs> That one must have must have felt quite nice.
1: Um, I just think the Everton. I think it just showed us we could compete. Yeah, at that level, you know. You talk. You talked
0: earlier totally about central midfielders. and You had Milo Jednak, mm. James Macarthur, who you'd bought in, and Joe Ledley, mm. who became known as McJedley,
1: Mister Steady did. Mister Steady
0: <laughs> and that midfield was was really important. Scott Down at the back, Damien Delaney. You were still yeah. playing, and and it it felt like you'd had a a, a good core to that team. It was just at the top of the pitch where we were struggling yeah. a little bit more. But a, f- a few months later, 3-1 at home to Liverpool. What are your memories of that? That's a great yeah, standout result yeah. for Palace fans I thought still. We played super, that yeah, the was
1: atmosphere, great. wasn't it? I mean, even, you know, like a couple of weeks ago when you played Liverpool. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm thinking back to that night. and it, It's not easy for them coming to Sellers Park, you know, no. is it? And, you know, I mean, phew, dear, you are were unlucky, weren't you? We don't want to talk about that. No, it's I a know. tough
0: afternoon, and so it's, uh, we, know, have, we have we have contacted a... Mr. R. Shoebridge for his comments about that <laughs> game as well. But uh...
1: but that was, I mean, that was a, a super night, the uh, the Liverpool game. That was probably as good a night as I've ever had. Oh, amazing! That, yeah, really. Did Did you know Milay was going to take that free kick? No. Yeah, of course I did. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain, <Sean> I <laughs> <read. laughs> oh, no. I just I just think the the whole. You know, the whole place is geared up for nights like that, isn't it, really? Yeah. Nothing surprises me.
0: Just a couple of characters I'd just like to touch on. I appreciate we need to, to wrap up soon. But the the players that you had in that second spell, players that you didn't have in the first spell, players like Milo Jed how did they strike you? As, as Steady.
1: A I just thought he was a good pro, mate. He, he, was never a, he was always a six or seven. He never was a, never a nine and never a five. <laughs> that, that's how I class him, you know. And I thought, you know, McCarthy's... Um, are you with me? Always a good managers. First on team sheet, yeah. you knew what you were going to get. With him, um, you know, really, I'm really pleased how we how we did. I, I spoke to him quite over the years uh, while he was here. You know, because he knew how difficult it was to get him signed. <laughs> if I just dug me, you know, my heels in, he would not have signed for us. You know, Steve was adamant he didn't want to sign him. I could tell. But um, what a good servant he was 100%. for the club. We're
2: gonna wrap up in a minute. It's been an absolute joy talking to you. Can we get your thoughts on, on Roy Hodgson, who's obviously back like you, returned to Palace. The old is an old bugger into, it. <laughs> you? <laughs> you can say that because you're yeah. three years younger. But. I can not uh, uh, th- Just your thoughts on Roy and where Palace are at, at the moment.
1: I think we're just we just um Roy and myself and that we, we we just miss the game so much when we're not involved. And and there's no there's no replica for that. There's no you can't. There's nothing you can get like when the whistle goes and you've got a result and you know everybody's going to go home happy and and uh, and he's been unlucky with injuries and things like that. Anti Ryan in never moaned. I mean, fortunately this year there's two or three bad sides and mm. yeah. so it's not going to be a normal year. Yeah. I mean. When I was at Sheffield United, we had 38 points and got relegated yeah. Yeah. with a Tevez thing. Yeah. I mean, 38 points—you're probably in Europe this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's changed a lot, hasn't it, really? <laughs> but right, I think Roy's steady at it. But the, I mean, you know, you don't—it wouldn't surprise me if if Steve picked a manager before the end of the season, and I don't think Roy'd mind that if it was the right way forward, because you know, Roy Roy will see that you know, like myself, you're not a long-term yep. plan, but I think it's good to get sometimes an old head, you know, I think the young lads, you know, like, you, you've got a lot of young lads, haven't you, I think Roy's the type to to put their arm round him and mm. tell them to go and enjoy it, and whereas, you know, there's a lot of sort of data-based talking by younger managers and things, and... And then all these videos that they have to watch. Um, whereas Roy's the old-fashioned, you know, and I think he gets the best out of him I me. So uh, I think he'll do all right this season and enjoy it. And quite rightly so, and I think the fans, you know, they always get behind whoever's manager, don't they, really?
2: Neil, it's been an absolute joy Talking to you. A quick reminder then Neil Warnock, are you with me? That's the name of the show. It is. Saturday, the 8th of June, uh, 2024, 3 to 6 pm at AFC Wimbledon's Plough Lane. Tickets to go to a gig.com. There's a link in the show notes now uh, so you can buy a ticket. We've got to get people down there. It's going to be a great show.
1: It is. I enjoy talking. I mean, you know what I'm like. Talk, you can't shut me up, can you? But when I'm talking about something, then. Something else crops up in my mind. Are you Another story, and I come out with it. So it's amazing what 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 memories I have, and uh, I'm looking forward to some of these, you know, some of these shows because uh, it's nice to sit back. I still get butterflies with the shows before wow. I go on. Are you with me? Yeah. And you, you know, that's the nearest I've ever been to actually managing um, when I do these shows. But it's great to make people laugh, and and they all have their own memories. You know, they'll have the they'll you know. People that'll come, they'll remember Freddie Sears' goal going in, won't <laughs> they? And uh, I'll, I'll, one of my best memories. Uh, I'll, oh no, should I keep that?
2: <laughs> I was going to say. No, no, should, I
1: might keep that okay. for the show. I keep. Remind me about the Bristol one of the Bristol City games, will you? Okay. In the well, show.
2: Jack and I'll be there. We encourage our listeners to get down there as well. I think Mr. Shoebridge is maybe blacklisted from being <laughs> at the show, but everyone else, get yourself down there. Neil, it's been a pleasure having you on. We'll see you in June. Thank you very much. Thank you. you go neil warnock what a man on the fyp podcast monthly interview series sponsored by eternity home finance email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code fyp for a free consultation if you enjoyed that you will love neil warnock are you with me the live show at afc wimbledon's plow lane on saturday june the 8th 2024 tickets are available right now Go to a gig.com uh, or click on the link in the show notes below this episode on whatever podcast app you are listening to this episode on. Uh, Jack, right at the end, there Neil was about to break into a palace story. He stopped himself and said, I'll save that for a live show, which is a perfect way to end the episode. And I think the perfect teaser for all our listeners to get themselves a ticket.
0: I was just thinking as well, as you said, the date there that is going to be like perfectly timed between the end of the season and the start of the euros so if yes. during that gap you need a football fix then then a night with Neil might be sorry an evening with Neil a night with Neil sounds like something completely different an evening with Neil Warnock uh would, would be a lovely way to spend it and uh yeah it sounds like a, a good show spoke to him uh briefly afterwards and he, he's really excited about the the show's doing a number of dates but yeah Plough Lane is the uh, the closest or likely most closest for uh uh, a lot of Palace fans So hopefully After listening to that A few of you will uh, Will want to
2: click the link and, and sign up I mean to be honest Who knows where the evening Will go afterwards It might end up with a night with Neil You know, know. In, 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 in the salubrious You know uh, Venues of of West London <laughs> <Who> Tooting <knows>? <laughs> Tooting <laughs> Exactly <Yeah. laughs> The tiles of
0: tooting <laughs> uh, But no It was really fun Wasn't it Chatting with him And uh, I, I think we, uh, we We talked about A lot more Than than We Maybe initially planned, and uh, as ever with these interviews, the stories just kind of go from from one way to another. And yeah, it was lovely, really, really nice. Particularly that that, that first team that he had, obviously the the twenty fourteen um, team that he, that situation that he kind of picked up was a difficult one. But yeah, that, that talking about the the, the spell from two thousand seven to, to twenty ten um, was, was great. And uh, yeah, he, you could see he still has a lot of fondness for that time at Palace and and some of those players that he managed
2: absolutely yeah that that really came across i should say a big shout out to steve um who was neil's agent who who set this up um and i think there's so much passion in neil's general vibe particularly for palace it's kind of it's difficult not to be infected by that as when you're sat next to him and then suddenly i'm thinking oh yeah that 2017 was good and oh yeah Victor moses and you just you're taken back to that time and i think it'll probably be the same at the live show and um that was an eventful and quite exciting time to be to be a Palace fan for various reasons, um, and it was just nice to relive that with Neil and some some great stories uh, as well. And you know, for a man in his later years, and he's sharp as ever, entertaining as ever, exactly what you'd expect, and more. I think from this episode, and I think it'll be the same for the live show.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. I, I just hope the uh, as ever with these with these uh, interviews that the listener enjoys them as much as. As we enjoyed recording, because we had a good laugh with him as well, and he was he was an absolute gent as well. He, he gave us a little bit more time than than perhaps was agreed. And um, when he when he left us, uh, he he was asked for autographs and and yeah, didn't mind giving time to, to everyone that asked. And yeah, it, it was yeah, it was, it was it was a nice afternoon spent with him. And uh, yeah, I hope anyone that is uh, that enjoyed that will 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 consider going to the live show.
2: When he left, we we're in the little booth. We left. Opened the door, he went out to get a breather or, or a cup of tea or water, whatever. and someone went, oh, my God, it's Neil Warwick. Neil, can have a photo? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Doesn't happen to us, Jack. We walked out well, straight into the bar. No one cared. No, the best bit was somebody
0: came up to me and went, who are you then? And I said who we were, and he was like, all oh, right, and he just walked off. So <laughs> clearly... Not the same market appeal as Neil Warnock.
2: And then Petey Crouch walked past us as we were having a drink <laughs> <laughs> afterwards. We just blend into the background, don't we, Jack?
0: That's what we need to do. We're, we're not here to, to be the stars. We're, we're here to guide the conversation. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good night just before Christmas. And uh, I think he was off to uh, somewhere to spend a lot of money on Christmas gifts, I think he said. did <laughs> a big.
2: He, I think he doubled up with a little bit of Christmas shopping. Christmas um, shopping as well uh, but he wish it's nice wished us the best and wished palace the best and i think you know of all the clubs he's managed i think palace holds a special place in his heart and uh, that really came across certainly when our chat and i hope it comes across in the interview and i'm sure it will come across in the live show as well which is uh almost exactly six months away june the 8th of saturday that's wrong saturday the 8th of June. neil warnock are you with me at plow lane um southwest london tickets available right now go to a gig Dot com jack i'll see you next month for another interview special looking forward to it
0: Got some exciting plans
2: for 2024
0: that's, that's all i'm gonna say i think uh yeah we've had some very nice feedback about this interview series and and that's given us the the energy to to keep it moving and, and see who else we can get on board for for the rest of this season and then hopefully into the second half of 2024 tbc Indeed.
2: TPC. TPC. Massive thanks to Neil for giving up his time and his great stories. Massive thanks to his agent, Steve, as well, for setting it up. Um, and thanks to you, Jack, for joining me. Thanks to our listeners for listening and for their feedback. And we'll see you again next month on this interview series. But until then, take care. We'll see you again soon.
1: Podcast Network.